Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. And before I forget to mention this, I want to once again thank all of our donors this year and to assure you that the salon is in good shape for the rest of the year. And uh, in particular, I want to thank the Bitcoin donors, uh, several of whom I haven't been able to send a thank you note to since Bitcoin is basically anonymous. Several Bitcoiners have sent me a note, uh, but there are still a few of you that I'd like to send a thank you to. So if you're one of them, uh, please send your email address to Lorenzo at MatrixMasters.com. Also, in my original podcast about this year's fun drive, I noted quite a few people who I thought had slipped through the cracks of my less-than-efficient filing system. As it turns out, however, there were only five people who were missed, and four of you should now have your thumb drives. <laughs> however, as I was trying to get more efficient in my organization, I seem to have misplaced the address for that one last drive I need to mail out. So, if that's you, please let me know. Now, let's get to today's program, which is another of our Medicine Women conversations. This time, our guests are Shauna Holm, who you already know if you've been listening to these podcasts, and the other person is someone that you most definitely should know. Her name is LaLorian, and she's a longtime friend of mine. In fact, the program notes for today's podcast, which you can get to via psychedelicsalon.us, uh, there you'll see a picture that Bruce Damer took of La and me at the 2002 Burning Man Festival. However, I've known La a lot longer than that. If my memory is correct, we first met at the Entheobotany Conference in Palenque, Mexico in January of 1999. And after we listen to the conversation that I'm about to play, I'll be back with some stories about a few of the people who were also at that conference. A lot of interesting work has been done by the people who were there, and uh, that, in fact, was the last year that Terrence McKenna made it to the conference. As you're about to hear, uh, LaLorean has covered a lot of ground since we first met, and she still has miles to go before she's done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another conversation between myself, Shauna Holm, and uh, a very amazing medicine woman, and Today, I am so lucky uh, because we're not doing this via Skype. Actually, we did do this via Skype, and I lost the recording. Uh, so we're doing this in person. So I have at my kitchen table uh, a dear uh, woman who I very much admire, uh, La Lorian. And I am going to read to you her bio that she sent me. And just to, because she is uh, an artistic uh, woman of great depth, and there, there's just so much to this. And, and so I will read this to you, and then we will uh, have a discussion here. So this is what she sent to me. She wrote, I have spent my life creating in the world businesses, community, art, and all of the relationships and creationships inherent in the process. My spiritual practices have always included a variety of medicines as well as meditation, yoga, ayahuasca, shamanism, Hindu, Tantra, Mayan, Zolkin, and living my life as art. As an artist, I have spent many years making ceramics, painting, batik, henna body art, and photography. 
As a writer, I have focused on poetry, and in particular, working with the formation of new worlds in the hope that by creating a new language of word magic, collectively we can take much larger steps towards solidifying a new culture and worldview in alignment with peace, harmony, freedom, and creativity. My website, called Mere Oracle, will include art, writing, a new language, and will be up and running in a few months. I am part of the dynamic co-creation of an international community in the Columbia Gorge. Here is where all of the experiences of my entire life that include medicinal journeys, world travel, and businesses are called on to birth such an enormous project. Atlan is becoming an eco-village with a learning center, and our progress is slow and steady. What matters most to me is learning how to live and sharing the process with others. My inquiry into what life is and how it works fuels my spiritual path of art, medicine, and visionary community. And these pursuits fuel in turn my spirit unfolding. I believe that this quest is something we all share, however varied our approach. I work as a creative inspirer, helping people access transformation and move past blocks. I've experienced with some simple ritual containers for purposes of healing, giving personal counsel, and mediation for conflict. I've been leading integration circles with Evergreen College students once or twice per quarter, and mentoring young individuals as the situations and needs arise. As we each reach out to touch the world, questioning the way things have been done, we must also reach within to question our own assumptions and to commune with the mystery. So thank you, Ra. That is absolutely beautiful. Yay. So glad to hear it read out loud by you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, this is cool because we're having this conversation for a second time. So uh, I never question that kind of things clearly meant to be, and perhaps we're just going to deepen this even more so. And so uh, let's start, as I always like to start, with a bit of a, let's talk medicine for a bit as we are speaking to our <coughs> friends here on the Psychedelic Salon, and, um, and let's talk about what brought you to the medicine and what that was, and uh, and what those teachings were and, and how it has inspired you. And that's a huge loaded question. So. No kidding. <laughs> well, <clears throat> having come of age in the late 60s, early 70s, I sort of floated right in on the frequency of uh, LSD and cannabis and things like that. And so all of my early openings happened with medicine in those times. And I played it really cool. I wasn't like somebody who just had to take it every day and, you know, just act normal in the world or I was very intentional even at a young age. And so my experiences were big teachings even then and they one one journey would last a very long time as I would work to integrate it. <clears throat> I would say now, you know, fast forward 40 years, um I find that I'm not using only one kind of medicine. I work with different medicines at different times. I've had years where I worked mostly with ayahuasca and other times where I was more connected with the mushroom or with L or with ecstasy and mushroom together with MDMA. And they're a beautiful combination in that in my 
communities of spirit at the time we did circles using those medicines together, you know, with talking stick and very intentional sharing uh, our visions and channeling through the medicine with one another. We never um, recorded anything that we did, but it was a very beautiful, you know, containers that we had. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. To sit in circle, each person opened in that way with a Mm -hmm. talking stick. Yeah. Wow, what was that like? <clears throat> well, there were, uh, we learned that smaller is better. Uh, yeah. There was one circle with like 24 people or something like that. And that, and also sort of the wild card element when people would be invited who maybe weren't quite up to speed. Yep. And so some people would get the talking stick and not let it go or like have a really kind of almost a break and would yeah. need a lot of support and would need the, the stick to be taken away. But mm-hmm. then, so when we were six or eight really conscientious travelers yes. who knew the terrain, mm-hmm. we would have marvelous experiences together. And one time we even, we were outside uh, in the Northwest on Vashon Island and, and we really had a visitation from uh, what seemed like uh, unidentified flying objects or spacecraft coming into our field and it was very very potent Mm -hmm. so there's been such a range sometimes it was just like singing songs and giving love to each other or supporting one or another sister or brother who was in need so Mm -hmm. we would do healing work Mm sometimes we would put one person in the middle Mm -hmm. and all work on that person through the medicine and through touching and song and things like that. Okay, so. well, that's really fascinating because yeah. that is what uh, many of these traditional healers mm-hmm. who work with the medicine do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, were you ever the recipient of oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was. And all of those are just precious, precious things. Sometimes we would trade off and everyone would take a turn being in the middle and everyone would say like how they saw you and how they felt and it was like being blessed and poured energy into it was really really a phenomenal experience yeah i can you know to be that open and to have that happen and to give it i mean both as a receiver and a transmitter okay and then as um i would ask then what were the effects the lasting effects of that after receiving something like that you know it's hard to measure but I, i would say that what that has done for me in all of my medicine work is it just opens up my life mm-hmm. so that my life and the medicine start to inter- intertwine. Mm-hmm. And so I, in many ways, take less medicine, but the medicine is always present in my reality making yeah, and yeah. in my art and in my creating. Yeah. So there's just this weaving that mm-hmm. starts to happen where there's, they're not differentiated so much. I, I see. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Because... In my work, uh, because I work like therapeutically with people. I mean, I'm not a classically trained quote unquote therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm a like shamanic mm-hmm. woman doing soul healing with people. But I have clients who come, mm-hmm. you know, for 90 minute sessions, mm-hmm. and and the work is very very deep. And I have realized, you know, the majority of people who come to me, they'll never do this medicine. They truly won't. It's not realistic. It's not in there. Mm-hmm. But I've become the medicine in a way, like we have become the medicine, and so it's working through me. And so as a result of uh, my deep journeys with that medicine, 
my goodness, now it is, I'm activated and it's working through me and, and I am working with those people in a very different way that I didn't have access to these kind of psychic and highly sensitized faculties. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that before I started the medicine. I did not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was good at what I did, but not like this. Mm-hmm. And so I know exactly what you are yeah. Yeah. saying. So it's like the medicine, it, it, even like the intelligence of the medicine itself, of course, realizes that, you know, uh, really a select few on this entire mm-hmm. planet will find their way to the likes of us. But we will ensure that those who do mm-hmm. and who really come to it um, in this way that you speak mm-hmm. of this, you know, mm-hmm. with reverence, with respect, will then carry it mm-hmm. outward. And that's true with all art forms that's as right. well. Yes. Is that the visionary nature of the medicines come through the art and through the music, and people will no, no longer need to do the medicines, a lot of people in mm-hmm. the culture, in mm-hmm. the society. Right. They will receive the message, just exactly like what you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's designed. It's, it's by design. Yes. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's it's just yeah, it it is expressed through us in mm-hmm. whatever medium we mm-hmm. we uh choose. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And I ought to have found that it doesn't lend itself to large groups or you know, I did a group once. It was very spontaneous and I kind of let it kind of get away from me in terms of how it developed, grabbing this person, mm-hmm. this person, very mm-hmm. last minute, because I happened to be in town, and and uh, it I didn't it did not go well. As you know, people broke from the circle, and then, you know, some drama, and, and so for me, when I work, if I do work with other people in this medicine, and in the capacity mm-hmm. of sort of mushroom shaman assistant, whatever you want to call it, um, I do one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I act as midwife mm-hmm. for that person's yeah. unfolding through that, and um, and other otherwise I would participate in a small group like mm-hmm. you say. Rakrazam was telling me that there was a woman because I spoke at the Samara conference in Australia in February mm-hmm. via Skype. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. didn't get to go there. But mm-hmm. in any case, Rak was saying that a woman had recently been uh, arrested, and she was had a, a circle of sixty people. For a mushroom circle. Oh, yeah, so, that's really yeah. too many. Yeah, that's, yeah, got way, way out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so profound. And you're right, like, some people have breaks. Some people mm-hmm. just need a lot of assistance. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, you have to be very clear in terms mm-hmm. of how that circle is going to be. Yeah. If you're going to create something like that. Yeah. A word to the wise. Yeah. The template has to be tight and clear. Right, and then the choosing the people. I mean, that's been true in the ayahuasca community for years. There's a usually a rigorous uh, questionnaire and checking people out before they're accepted into circles because most uh, traveling shaman don't want to necessarily work with the most difficult situations in, in especially with ten or twenty other people there. Right. So it's right doesn't work. That yeah. would be more of a like a one on one kind right. of deal. Right. You know, I mean, I did work one-on-one with someone, and I joked that I sang for my supper that night. I mean, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness. You know, it was two hours of, Mm -hmm. you know, literally having her back, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, quite something. I mean, on the other side of that, Mm -hmm. it was amazing for her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting her there was uh, quite something. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't imagine doing that with, you know, even four or five others. You know, you really... But also, we would have to think that uh, even in the past... 
when circles came together. Of course, they ensured that it was, mm-hmm. you know, sort of select group of people. Um, not saying that this is a... Um, I'm not going in the direction of, of, oh, we are being very selective in terms of uh, any kind of... Uh, you know, you, you yeah, can't come, yeah, not, yeah, not in that, like that, but more, we're talking plant medicine after all. So right, we're talking right. about when there is a specific intention, of course, you want to yeah. sort of choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh, all right. And so, all right, and you're an artist, and so no doubt this medicine has informed your art. Absolutely. And, you know, I currently am most interested in uh, edible cannabis, as sort of my ongoing art and writing medicine. And then I punctuate that with other experiences throughout the year, but just very, very particular for particular moments. But I love to do art, you know, when I have the magic running through me. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just thrilling. But I, I like to do it in a, in a light enough manner, you know, like where I can be kind of woven into my life without kind of separating myself out and the big deep yeah yeah deep dive yeah. kind of journey so right 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 so yeah. cannabis would not be the deep dive right, per se. right. It's, it's it's lighter mm-hmm. but strong i find mm-hmm. very strong mm-hmm. and, and a very good ally for me do you get a sense of cannabis as as being either masculine or feminine you know how well, ayahuasca style yeah. is more feminine yeah i know um i know she's been described as feminine quite mm-hmm. a bit because mm-hmm. she's quite a temptress for a lot cannabis. of people, cannabis, uh-huh. the temptress. Uh-huh. I've seen an, a visionary art depiction of her as a beautiful, beautiful woman, like a this beautiful green goddess, sort of alluring. For me, um, I don't, I don't really read gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going off of what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, from others, yeah, yeah. But, just curious. Um, I, I find also people say a lot that ayahuasca and cannabis don't get along and that they are very jealous of one another or, you know, not not good juju. And I haven't found that to be true at all Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't, you know, I don't know where others come from when they have, they might be on a deeper level or have experienced that themselves. But I find sometimes from ayahuasca that I might not fully understand all of what I've been shown. Mm -hmm. And then later, if I have a cannabis experience, I will receive the final, like, oh, clarity. Like, it brings it into focus. Very good. So I've found medicines to be very cooperative together. Yeah, like a weaving. Yeah, yeah. Very, that is so, that's very interesting. All right, all right, I'll have to practice with that. I don't like smoking cannabis, Mm -hmm. um, but... uh, Anyway, I kind of stick to the mushroom and just, you know, very you, sporadically. You might try eating a little bit of cannabis uh, in an edible. Yeah. Because I find that a lot nicer. Even though there's a lot of unknown about it, I think I kind of like that. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. You, you're, you can have a prescribed amount, but for many people, it's unknown when it will happen. Mm-hmm. So some people, like an hour later, like sometimes for me, three hours later. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, that really didn't work or whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So that could be a little off-putting if you have plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wanna, <laughs> you might not want to do. Yeah, I would never do that with plans. That is yeah. for sure. No I mean, plans would... with plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah. No plans with plants. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I would take yeah. like a nature day to, to, yeah. do, to yeah. do that for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, and even, again, I think, you know, we are all, um, we're endeavoring, I think, to call back uh, something that you know was very familiar territory to our ancestors. Of course, we were working with these plants, and and they knew they would have that kind of formula down pat. Exactly. So exactly. we're just still kind of figuring we're, this. We're this out. relearning the, the territory. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, all right. Well, speaking of territory, uh, let's get into Atlan a bit, and have you talk about this gorgeous community. Okay, well, Atlan, I would say, first of all, is a dream held in my being since my earliest memories of being human in this lifetime. And I was a child of a straight, regular 50s and 60s household. But I went to camp as a child. And so my journey of uh, community that I experienced in camp in the summers informed me it was like a like oh this is it this is what i've been longing for and this is what this is the template it just you take it out of the formula of camp itself like you're just here for 3 weeks and you do this activity and that activity but and put it into a whole lifestyle and so i've spent my whole life living communally in different formations of people and kind of arching toward this larger creation and there were years where I would have a map up on the wall in my kitchen and I, you know, friends and I both would be putting putting in pins to say, well, maybe it will be here and maybe it will be here. And for a long time, I noticed a lot of us were f- focusing on the where it would be. And finally, I got, I got past that and realized it's not where, it's who. It's who to do it with. And that is also... In, in our independent style of living in the West, it's kind of a hard question. Who can I, you know, it's hard enough to have a relationship. Who can I be committed to? One person, but who in many people? And then once we have a where and the who, then is that the commitment aspect is enormous. Mm-hmm. But I, I can really say that when the right people showed up, we all said yes and we began. And that's how it how it started and since then often we will like the seven or eight of us that were there at the very beginning um, some have stepped back and some have moved on to other things but there are there are still a core initial group of seven that are working together and we'll look at each other and go hmm how did we find each other or how did how did we end up being together and it's very familial it feels like before birth Hmm. it feels like a contract Hmm. And seven, you say? Yeah, there's about seven. An interesting right number. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but really, when people say how many people are in the community, it's way more than that because we've expanded the concept of the what Atlan is. Mm-hmm. So Atlan is no longer the small group of people going to build an eco village in this spot. We are rather we've landed in in the spot. We have this beautiful piece of land in the Columbia Gorge. And now people all around us from the area are saying, we love what you're doing. Can we play too? Mm-hmm. And then, of course. And so whoever's interested is welcome. Mm-hmm. And we've now been including people um, of it's of all kinds of people who already have their own homes in the area mm-hmm. to participate in pods. We, we have different pods, which are the 
the different hats we wear, like the different, um, we have a, we've had a building pod, which then turned into our artifactory pod, which is our new shop. And, um, you know, we have an outer facing pod, which is like our web design and, and, uh, newsletter, people who do that kind of stuff. We have a garden pod, which is really strong and consists mostly of our community who are there all the time. And um, various things like that. We have a geomancy pod for people. We're all doing doing prayers and creating altars. And uh, we created a medicine wheel in our garden recently. Oh, beautiful. You know what I think of yeah. pod? I think of seeds. Yeah, of course. Seed pods. Of course, yeah. Perfect. So it's kind of like the uh, the planting of all these different ideas. And many of us are in many pods. Mm-hmm. So it's like the changing of your hat mm-hmm. and then you're you're in a new seed packet, you know, operating a new like, okay, now what are we now what are we playing? It's like being a kid. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. You know, using our imaginations and trying to, you know, jump out farther. Well, I'm struck by the story of how this came to be, La, because Essentially, you were very focused on the prize, on mm-hmm. what you wanted, mm-hmm. and then realized, oh, we need to sort of redirect this focus from, okay, not necessarily the place, but who is going to mm-hmm. uh, co-create this right. focus. So that's a very essential piece to creating, manifesting mm-hmm. as well. And uh, and I actually have been giving giving quite a lot of thought to this creating reality piece, uh, it is more than new age mumbo jumbo because I realized, huh, the folks who have created the system, the civil system that we live in, essentially civil legal system, they've created a reality and we are all playing along with our consent. It's held together mm-hmm. by a collective consent. And so, uh, uh, you can do that for the rest of your life or you can take charge and uh, it's like a completely different mindset, if you will, mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, I'm going to create a different reality. Mm-hmm. I am not content to, you know, get a house at the end of a cul-de-sac in a busy area and where, you know, not that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you yeah. know, it's like I'm, I'm not content to sort of follow the formula, shall mm-hmm. we say, that mm-hmm. is given to us mm-hmm. in our public school systems and whatnot. No, you have uh, chosen to do this. And I would imagine there wasn't any money initially when you even had this vision. I don't know. Um, but in terms of, the, you know, I mean, this costs money. You have to buy land. How yeah. does that work? Well, in, in our case, we have kind of a, I wanted to throw out one word in relation to what you just said, which is transformula. Ha 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 ha. The transformula, you know. Um, in our case, there was some money that came through a generational pass down. And that came through my family. So Wonder, did it, it was come some, through initially or later well, after it, the vision? Uh, it was in the works all along. Okay. I okay. think I knew it was there. But I would say earlier in my life, I didn't really know about it. So the vision yeah. was already there. Right, right, right. It was right. fully installed before the money was there. Because so. it's almost like then Providence opens. Yeah, yeah. And then you are supported. Right. Yeah, so the every community has a different formula mm-hmm. when it comes to like how everyone plays yeah. because it's all made up out of the people who are there mm-hmm. and their particular backgrounds and needs and you know directions and whatnot right. uh, but there are a lot of uh, books now out about community building and community making and then all of the the, the re 
framing and reclaiming the territory of governance and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, dynamic governance is a system that we use. Mm-hmm. It's, called, it's also called sociocracy in Europe. Sociocracy? Okay, mm-hmm. talk about that. Well, it's just a decision-making style that's very um, alive and kind of on the ground, and it kind of provides um, uh, small groups like our pods to be fully dynamic in their, you know, make decisions. And decisions as a large group are are defined as either being things that, that are spend quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We'll have a, an amount that triggers the need for everyone to be present mm-hmm. or something that's permanent. Like if you were doing something on the land that was going to affect the land forever, mm-hmm. then that would be a big group decision. Mm-hmm. But a lot of decisions can be made by the pods. Mm-hmm. And then the pods are circles of influence. And there are li- circles link. So there's... They call it uplinking and downlinking, but essentially it's not a really hierarchical at all, so it doesn't have to go up or down. Mm -hmm. But you have uh, people as representatives in the different circles to, you know, keep everything kind of reconnected with the whole. Mm -hmm. It's a little hard to explain all right now, but it's it's quite dynamic and... uh, and there are, you know, other lots of emotional tools at hand, you know, like for for community work. I mean, well-worn systems like uh, nonviolent communication, or uh, there's a group in Eugene practicing Sulsara, and we all went and did a workshop together there from Atlan. And um, there's there's just a lot of things out there to keep honing in a deeper and higher level of our togetherness. Yes, and which is essential. Very because essential. Because if you try to formulate these new mm-hmm. communities with people who are, have not dealt with their, shall we say, personal material, it right. could be just a right. mess. Right. Well, just the whole idea of consensus. Uh, the classic bad version is that one unenlightened person can just hold everything up and just That's make right. the whole thing crazy. Right. So we don't even think about consensus in that way. uh, The dynamic governance described it as Mm consent-based. So it's working with uh, agreement and flow rather than, you know, putting so much emphasis on who doesn't like the, who doesn't like this or that, and how they can interfere. And but, but somebody could still have a paramount objection and could give their viewpoint at any time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. yeah. Well, and the fact that this mm-hmm. continues to mm-hmm. evolve, and mm-hmm. it has been around for a few. How many? How many years? We've now? been working together for over seven years. So the seven <laughs> keeps number? coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can't actually remember whether it's seven or eight, but we keep kind of just keep it sort of blurred lying yeah, yeah. there. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. you're clearly doing yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, very cohesive mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would imagine medicine would be a a grand influence to this piece. Medicine has influenced all of us, Mm -hmm. and we continue to utilize it as needed Mm -hmm. in in various configurations. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. This is I find this very exciting because there are so this Mm -hmm. is going on all around Mm -hmm. the globe, Mm -hmm. and um, you're not going to necessarily you know read about it in the mainstream media, but. all the time, but I mean, I see it as really good and exciting news mm-hmm. that people are starting to uh, call back their power in a way and create these communities that are, um, you know, much more enlightened yeah. and and are desiring to uh, establish a harmony mm-hmm. with each other and the land. Mm-hmm. 
and create something new and wonderful. And uh, mm-hmm. and I also it makes me excited too, you know, to hear about some of these people out there who are experimenting with water purification and all these sort of uh, technologies that are not in the mainstream yet, probably would not be Mm -hmm. welcomed Mm -hmm. um, by those who have been sort of holding the reins of their own technology. But but they're coming anyway. They're coming anyway, and I can see those, you know, uh, as a part of these communities Mm -hmm. as well, you Mm -hmm. know, because that would come up. Okay, how do we, you know get clean filtered water and absolutely you know and and what about electricity how would we do that Mm -hmm. is there an alternative and so it really sparks uh the creative impulse in people totally agreed yeah so exciting and so you're also i want you to speak to the work you're doing at evergreen college because i just think this is Mm -hmm. so wonderful that the likes of you Mm -hmm. would be uh course in correspondence with uh uh, young young people mm-hmm. and assisting. Well, it was my good fortune to meet Katie, who was the uh, person who started the group, the Psychedelic Studies group at Evergreen. And she and I hit it off right away and became friends. She's been living back and forth, sometimes in Portland and now in at Evergreen and later in the Bay Area. But she started the group, and uh, she's just incredibly wise for her young years. And uh, the circles that she leads, that she asked me to participate in, are called integration circles, which is so enlightening just for that. And so people would bring their psychedelic questions or their you know, unfinished business or whatever they needed. And it didn't have to be medicine related. So sometimes we don't even talk about medicine at all. And sometimes mm-hmm. we've talked only about medicine. Mm-hmm. But the, the size of the group varies every time I go. Sometimes there have been, been from 6 to 25. Oh, wow. So some of our conversations were just huge, mm-hmm. far-reaching, you know, like high-level, uh, like l- what is life kind of mm. conversations. Sometimes they're very focused and very intimate where people feel safer because it's a smaller group and that they can share more personal things that they need help with. Mm. So it's been really lovely. And I've, I've used some you know writing practice one time and some art making and invited people to different versions of ways to work together to integrate. Beautiful, beautiful. That's wonderful. Uh, let's talk about writing a little bit and let us talk about words because I can't talk to you without uh, broaching that subject because I heard you speak at the Women's Visionary Congress and you gave this fabulous talk and it was all about word magic. Mm -hmm. And you are quite a a magist, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have quite a wand when it comes Mm -hmm. to uh, Mm wordplay. And so, yeah, so I'm just inviting you to do, to just riff it. <laughs> riff it, okay. Well, I would say, you know, word, word magic is my um, home territory. It's like my, uh, my natural habitat. So that's what my mind does when I'm turned on and when I'm creative, either with medicine or with other people who are also word magic. So it's a lot of it is the field itself. So when I'm with other people and we're all thinking like that, it just starts pouring out all over the place. But basically, this is a cultural phenomenon. So mm-hmm. it's not just me at all. But I've kind of jumped on it and grabbed it. And really, like you said, I wield the wand of it because I feel so strongly about how what the kind of effect that that reclaiming our language can have 
in, in terms of our reality making. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you so much, Shauna, that this is a time for remaking everything in the world. It's like reclaiming our sovereignty, our power, you know, reframing the, re- the, the world that has been handed to us and, you know, saying, no, it doesn't work like that. It actually works like this. Let's do it like this. Everything has been made up. Everything that exists in the world. That's right. Somebody made up. It's a construct. So we have to, or we get to, actually, it's mm-hmm. more of a privilege mm-hmm. than anything, to join in with creator, and I call it creationship. It's mm-hmm. the, the relationship with creator. I feel like that's what life offers us, is that opportunity. Source offers us, yes, you can play with me. You can join, and we can create together. It's not like we're separate from anything. It's just our oneness kind of coming through each of us. And, um, you know, for me, my, um, my miracle website is going to feature a lot of different words. And some of the words have been used in the world already. And I always say to people, just use them because that's the way they get, they become real is to use them. Mm-hmm. You know, we break the spell of that which no longer fits and mm-hmm. we reclaim our language and some of the words I love and ones that have you know been like the most enlightening when they happened for me like one is I was looking for a word that would mean um, responsibility and freedom at the same time and I was actually just pondering that and contemplating what would that look like what would that word be and all of a sudden there it was free responsibility free responsibility free responsibility so the word was even right there so you can add a letter to an existing word and boom you've changed everything and in that case responsibility had in my mind had come to be kind of an obligatory you know, response, you know, ability to respond, but it always held a kind of like, you have to because you should. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And actually, free responsibility then lifts it up to a new level where it's our ability to respond freely. Mm. And that is a higher vibrational uh, place to come from. Now, um, another one is um, moving from a state of Unequal, you know, we all we like equality. I like equality. I think that it's acknowledging equality, but something in just equality because we're not born the same. Mm-hmm. We have different parts that are more developed. We are truly unique and equal. So the word that came out of that is uniqual, mm-hmm. and that completely takes the unequal and rises it up to uniqual. Right. Unique. Yeah, unique. Um, other words that I love, like just fun things like, um, well, I like to look at existing language anyway, not even beyond when you make up something, but like the word, there's a sequence of tending, like we tend to different activities in our life. So what happens first in the tending ritual is we pretend pretend ah of we pretend mm-hmm. we forget that that means pretending mm. that's what you do before tending and then you attend and then so you're paying attention mm. and then you um you or you could intend you can push that forward attention is going throughout attending but then extend you know, to hand it out, to give it out, to mm. extend your hand. So just even the words as they already are are filled with meaning that we've forgotten, and we just use the words like sort of uh, have forgotten that they have 
uh, value. It's like we've devalued our own currency. Ah, yes. You know, and right. words are currency. They are currency. Yeah, the current that runs through us. Right. And that we exchange. And it's social capital is the other way of looking at, you know, our wealth. We don't have to just look at wealth as our pocketbook or our bank account. Our wealth is our ability to share and give and what we know and our excitement and our... We, to re-evaluate social capital. Yes, because, well, there are wealth, etc., bank account. That's an overlay. Yeah, totally. That's that's the world as it has been. And it's also a spell. It's yeah. not even yeah. real. It's not even real. And yeah. it, it comes from the Roman system. I read this book called Law of Roman Slavery. Oh, my mm. goodness. And... Um, and so they would uh, uh, value, put a value on slaves depending on what they could do. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a full body chills. Like, wait a minute, we've still got the same thing going on here. Absolutely. And, and it's absurd. And so someone thinks, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just a waiter or I'm just yeah. a this. That word just you should mm-hmm. riff on because yeah. I see that as um, uh, a way of, it diminishes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and yet it comes from justice. Right. Which just, is to be just. Yes, to be just. There's this Yeah. Yeah, and yet we use it mostly oh it's just me. Yeah, this is where language you can watch it flow through time and see how it takes downward spirals like that. Yeah. Like or changes. Sometimes words flip to being the opposite of how they started. Like I was looking at the word protest. And what it means is pro for mm-hmm. test, testimony, testament. Mm-hmm. Like it's like saying your piece, like making mm-hmm. your um, reality claim, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. testimony. Mm-hmm. But it became now against. To protest is to be against something. It's it's just right. it's very strange how they flip. Yes, yeah, language has changed so much mm-hmm. over the uh, centuries, yes, really. absolutely. Yeah. I always go, when I'm looking up words, I will often go to Webster's 1828 mm-hmm. online dictionary. Mm-hmm. Old Webster was a bit of an old fart, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, when you see the definitions of, of mm-hmm. all the different words, it's, it's astonishing. Mm-hmm. And yet the newer dictionaries, it's just, you know, almost yeah. nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah, or you go to the etymologies of some yes. of the old American heritage or some of those. They have incredible, the etymologies trace everything back to Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. And actually when you read through those for people who might be interested, it's like a journey through time to look at a given prefix or a part of a word or a word itself and see how it meanders through positive, negative, up, down, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's something. I just saw something that someone shared the other day, and it was a photo of this Native American woman, and I don't remember the tribe, uh, but, but in that language, human meant gift. Mm, beautiful. And and uh, and I must find that I made a mental note of like okay I've got to come back to this and I got too busy but you know now we think of people as being a scourge and a cancer yeah. and just all this right. negative horrible stuff right. and yet gosh everyone I know is I mean most people are just gems mm-hmm. they really yeah. are you know and they've yeah. got a heart of gold and if you go to Iran if you go to Pakistan if you go to Palestine where a friend right. of mine just was or any of these places where you know they're made to be so awful and the, people are amazing they invite you into their home they can't wait to mm-hmm. feed you what little food they have and just talk to you and mm-hmm. just warm and kind and giving mm-hmm. as can be mm-hmm. 
I've often heard, or I don't know where I know this from, but the word human being God-man. Yeah. Like who is like the infinite, the source, and then man is like the, the this part, you know, yeah. the, the, the earth part. Right. So I, I always think of that as God. I think of humans as God-beings. I do too, mm-hmm. really, yeah. really. And then there's like a mind virus. I mean, I see that's mm-hmm. what's kind of, you know, if we can each individually kind of clean up that virus mm-hmm. or that bad programming mm-hmm. or whatever, um, or spell. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it's spells. A spell. Yeah, it's yeah. a spell. And so we've been spellbound. Yeah. And I'm going to be giving a couple of talks this mm-hmm. summer at um, mm-hmm. different conferences on the mushroom as a spell breaker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah. And and um, one of my teachers always used to say, the face you show is the face you get back. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking mm-hmm. that when you were sharing about how you approach these medicines, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Very much. It's like you are approaching, well, uh, another being, an intelligence. And so it's like, well, take your shoes off. and yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and show bow some down. respect. Bow yes. down. Make yeah. a prayer. Yeah. Yeah, Say and then hello. we're given so much. <laughs> yeah. So it's just so beautiful. Language. All right, well, uh, where are we with time? We'll take a quick pause here. We have a little more time. To... Ah, I want to ask you about poetry, sweetie, because I write poetry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I never did before until I started working with the medicine. Oh. And, and so... Uh, and of course, there's that medicine activated in me, and I'm not on the medicine, but I'm running in the woods. Mm-hmm. I'm running in the woods, and the trees are speaking to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they speak in poetry. And then the we folk, I call them, the fae, or the nature spirits, speak, and they speak poetically. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. these words just come pouring in, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta get home, <laughs> quick. This like, is good. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it just comes pouring out. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious about your poetry. Because it's well, a language of the soul. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, I write a lot, but very few really become the full transformative pieces that I would call a poem. But well, I, I do have them. You said in our last conversation, I love this, you said, a poem doesn't just come every day. It's yeah. not an everyday yeah. thing. Right, right. It's almost like an event. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. That is that. That's how I wear it right now. I write a lot, but there's still the few that actually really say it all perfectly, yeah. and that, that's where the poetry is. So I do a lot of, um, you know, meme, you know, almost writing. Maybe it's like haiku or like small, just little parts of things. And then some days I get a whole download, and it's a full piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose you brought any poetry with you, did you? Well, I have one that I know by heart that oh, I could say, sweetie, which would be fine. You yes, want to hear it? Yes, because okay. you put us in an altered state right, with that poem. All right, all right. <laughs> this is my, my cosmic piece. It was mm. on Christmas Eve a few years ago, and it goes like this. I am an open window with life pouring through, a peculiar vantage point with a splendid view. I'm an echo of the Big Bang, a frequency in the symphony of Ohm. I'm a wave of emotion, of consciousness growing strong as emotion, kissing the shore with sweet flowing devotion, rich in pattern, arching toward home, spirit blended with matter. 
I'm a question mark on life's wall. Who am I here and now? Particles of a particular life form from a father and a mother. I'm an offering on the universal menu. I'm a flavor like no other. I'm so alive and shimmering, the elemental crackle comes bursting through the wiring and the wirelessness. Creature of sinew, blood, and bone, with sacred space between each cell, I'm more empty than full. I am God essence. I am the void exposing itself to light. I am a photograph in black and white. I am the photon belt as Earth herself has entered me. I am the galactic center swirling past nurseries of fresh new galaxies born and scattered. I am no one. I am everyone. I am you. I laugh inside this mirror's view. Singing, songs of praise abound. We're all walking down some road inside the vehicle of our humanness this time around. Absolutely beautiful. See, it is it is a whole different language, mm-hmm. a whole different weaving of words. Mm-hmm. And this is something else that we used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who, in all cultures, mm-hmm. all cultures were amazing storytellers yeah. and poets. And singers. And singers. Yeah. That's another thing we don't do is yeah. we don't sing enough. We don't sing enough. And moms don't really sing to their children like they used to. Mm. And uh, beautiful. Thank you. Well, I'm wondering, could I share a poem of mine? Yeah, please. So I will uh, read, this is called Message from the Forest Folk, and I wrote this in February, and uh, again, well, it came to me when I was on a run in this beautiful uh, park down the street from me. Down a path of mossy green, I'm led to magic, sight unseen. The trees instruct me, take this turn, sit by the stream, and you will learn. Breathless, I take in the sight. A brook flows briskly to the right. Its water crystal clear and cold, I dip my hands, and then I'm told, Dear one, you must now still your mind, and tune into a different kind of folk who live among the moss. Look for a bridge that you can cross. It can't be seen by human eyes, but if you're still, you'll realize The bridge exists within your mind. The wee folk call you to their kind. I closed my eyes and stilled my thoughts and listened to the reverie of water babbling quickly by and dancing over rockery. And then I felt a strange sensation. Something soft caressed my cheek. A subtle whisper in my ear said, Dear one, we know what you seek. We are the magic forest folk, and dear, we know how much you care. When you bow to moss and tree, we hear your thoughts within the air. We tell you now this world is changing. What will happen? Who can say? But no, we're in this all together. Know that there will come a day. We herald a great reckoning when man will see his great mistake. We know you wish this day to come and fear that it will come too late. Yet we say when hearts are pure, when will is strong, intention sure, a realization can arise that all this time has been disguised 
a potent spell was cast on you, and when it breaks among the few, you'll realize unbridled power that summons wisdom to the hour. Great minds and hearts will gather insight. Groups will form to lead and highlight action that will bring a change. And though some will think it strange, they'll come around, they'll have no choice. And through good leaders, we will voice our good guidance for a correction to initiate the resurrection of mankind's bond with all of nature. We will work with you, dear one, and all your folk who humbly come. The invisible bridge that can't be seen will appear where it has always been. Mankind will then have eyes to see and ears to hear the reverie, and nature will lead once again all her children finally sane. Beautiful. Mm. I can imagine that song. Definitely. Oh. As a song. Oh. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So lovely. Thank you. Yeah, well, maybe we need to put some of this poetry to music as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, gosh, we have the medicine to thank truly for so much. Mm-hmm. In, in, in that, I think, you know, we show up on this earth, and I think of the baby, I, I play with like a commercial term, and I call it the original issue. And so we show up, and we're the original issue, and we are carrying all of that exquisite potential. Mm -hmm. And then we show up into a family or a situation, whatever it is, and we are raised Mm -hmm. by others who themselves are spellbound to a degree, Mm -hmm. whatever their degree is. Mm -hmm. And then all of that is imprinted on us, and we lose uh, touch, many of us, with that original issue. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the line, we're able, uh, some of us, to get that back. And I see the medicine as that which provides a grand assist Mm -hmm. to call back that original issue. And it says, Mm -hmm. look, sweetie, all of this is in you. And uh, and so we are going to assist you to call it up and then some Mm -hmm. and and, and see what you will create. And then, of course, for those who uh, this medicine is is simply not their path, uh, the medicine is still activating Mm-hmm. them through uh, those who are, you know, the visionary artists and <clears throat> healers and singers and creators and whatnot who've worked with the medicine and, of course, Earth's other medicines. Because I see so many people being called, they want to grow their own food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and they're really wanting to get back to the land. Mm-hmm. And and I think ultimately that that it's like we're calling back our humanity our Gaian humanity. <clears throat> yeah, our place in the galaxy, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, to become earthlings once again of the highest degree, you know, and be able to then imagine our place among all the other planets and stars and other beings. I mean, it's just, it's all waiting for us, this, you know, yes, identity, this new, old, ancient, true identity. Yes, and a very ancient communion mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. once had mm-hmm. a direct direct connection with mm-hmm. the sacred. And, you know, the beings that spoke through me uh, last week that I was telling you about earlier, uh, they, they're very playful, and they were referring to, they said, those Facebook pictures you see uh, where, it is co- where, where it is the interspecies friendships. Mm-hmm. And they said they call it unlikely friendships. So you'd have, like, a tiger curled up with, like, I don't know, a baby monkey or something, Right. right. And they are saying those interspecies friendships extend beyond the creatures 
even on your planet, they extend outward into the cosmos, and we are seeking these unlikely friendships, quote-unquote. Right. So yes, there is so, it's like we've been so spellbound and kept into like, this is reality and this is how it looks. And it's like, no, no, mm-hmm. it's far more vast. Mm-hmm. Far more malleable, far more vast. It's actually like we're given this potential, we're potentiated for creating reality and for making life uh, more beautiful and more amazing. So it's not even like just saying, let's have this view instead of that view. It's like it can be an ongoing creating of reality that we are we're invited to. Because at each step, we might realize, oh, yeah, i got to learn a few more things. And then, boom, then you're suddenly able to create even better, more interesting realities. Right. The key is to realize that you are, that you that actually are. we're doing are. it. We most are people, doing that. Right. Yeah. But most people don't even realize that that's even possible. They just right. sort of think things are the way they are and, oh, well. Right. right. The game has been cast and I'm stuck over here on the board. Right. Yeah. It's right. Of, it's kind of a shame. Yes, because I, I just know, I don't believe this. I know this is the garden. We're in the garden. Mm-hmm. And we can have heaven on earth. And, and, and truly... Uh, I think we can have heaven on earth, even with all these people. The, mm-hmm. the trick is, the catch is, you know, getting them all to sort of wake up. But truly, mm-hmm. if they did, mm-hmm. it would be a very different planet. Maybe what I'm saying is sort of an ancient lament. I hope not, because I do have mm-hmm. hold that hope, because I know it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hold that too. For all of the dire and desperate things that are happening on earth right now, I still hold that it could all shift in a moment. It's just, it's actually in our hands to do that. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe it just happens exponentially, like in small, starting small, and then, you know, growing wider and more as we as we go. But just by doing our part, and then every person we meet and affect meets other people and affects them, and it's like this ongoing shift that's just moving like dominoes across the landscape right across the mind field yeah and i realize like we can't underestimate our influence because i ran into a woman the other day i haven't seen her in a couple years at least and she said to me you have been the greatest influence on my life you got me to Mm -hmm. go into the nutritional therapy association and then my whole life opened and i then i went on this and this and this and she said it's because you you inspired me and i was Mm -hmm. like really Gosh, I barely remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like you say, yes, yeah. it's this incredible. We don't even know sometimes. If we can just be ourselves in the world, even a smile in the right moment, mm-hmm. you know, a word here, a word mm-hmm. there, it changes yeah. everything for people. Yeah, I remember in, in, I was in one of my pits of despair over <laughs> the overwhelm over, you know, just sort of the state of affairs on this planet. And, and I was speaking with a fine medicine woman I know, and I said, what happens if it's just, you know, it just all goes to hell? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, Shauna, who's going to be here to hold that light? Who's going to, someone's got to be here to hold that vibration, mm-hmm. no matter how dark. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, when I was in this beautiful greenhouse on the medicine last week that I was telling you about, and there was just a single candle, mm-hmm. and the being said, Look at how, despite the overwhelming darkness, a single candle 
casts light. Mm -hmm. And then they also said, is it not true that if the conditions are right, a single spark can ignite an entire forest? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that's what we are doing in many, many, many of these just beautiful people on this earth who are really just saying, you know what, this is... This is bullshit. Yeah. Essentially, let's make, let's create something new. Let's have yeah. a new game. It's time yeah. for a new game, if you will. Yes, please. Truly, <laughs> truly. Well, thank you. This has just been so fun. Sitting here, pure delight. Yeah, oh. delightment. Yes, yes, yes. Well, sh- uh, anything you want to? Any last words you want to share before we wrap this mm. lovely conversation up? Um, I was thinking of some, you know, a quote recently, um, it's about art because I really feel so, I feel like I live art, like my life is art. And I read a quote by Tom Robbins and he said, in the haunted house of life, art is the only step that doesn't creak. (laughs) And it just touched something so fun and joyous in me and I thought that kind of tells it all so I just wanted to end with that you're listening to the psychedelic salon where people are changing their lives one thought at a time a few minutes ago we heard La and Shauna talking about the interesting ways in which La likes to play with words a little word magic I think she calls it Unfortunately, this is uh, one of those times when an audio podcast doesn't quite get the full picture across. At least for me, it helps to see these new words as well as to hear them. But fear not, if you go to our program notes, you'll find a link to a short Vimeo video that I shot at the Palenque Norte lectures. And the first part of it shows the yurt uh, as we were setting it up. And around the top of the walls of the yurt are some signs that La made with a few of her magic words on them. Words like miracle, it's the word mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R, and it ends in A-C-L-E, miracle, and uh, (laughs) you get the idea. It's really worth checking out if you get a chance. Also, one of the things that Shauna and La didn't get to in their conversation is a festival that La and her friends produce. It's called Beloved, and it's an open-air art and music festival that will be taking place this coming August from the 7th through the 10th. I wish that I could tell you about this festival from a first-hand experience, but I must admit that I've not made one of these events yet. However, several of my friends who, uh, well, they seem to attend almost every outdoor music festival on the west coast of North America, they all tell me that, without a doubt, this is the best thing going on the festival circuit. And I'll put a link to that in our program notes as well, but if you're thinking about attending, you probably should get your tickets today, because uh, I've been told that they sell out early. And I mentioned the Beloved Festival because LaLorean is one of the original organizers of this event, just as she is also one of the key people involved in Atlan, the eco-community that she talked about just now. And I'll provide a link to that website as well. As we just heard, uh, Atlan is a living and learning eco-village that several years ago moved from the dreaming stage into the reality of the default world. In other words, it's real, not just somebody's dream of a future community. Which brings me to what I think is a rather interesting point. In January of 1999, before Terence McKenna learned of what would prove to be his terminal illness, 
He was the main feature at a conference that was being held each year in Mexico. Now, I've talked about this conference before, but now might be a good time to add a few more details. And my point in telling you this story is not simply to reminisce about a great time in my life, but to give you some idea of what can happen when a group of like-minded psychonauts get together and dream about the future. So, first of all, uh, La was there, and among other things, she's now an elder who periodically travels to Evergreen College and helps some of our newer psychonauts reintegrate their psychedelic experiences. She's also one of the producers of the Beloved Festival, and she is a co-founder of the Atlan community. There's more, but you get the idea. La is very involved in the psychedelic community. Also coming out of that 1999 conference were Anita and Seabrook, both of whom are co-founders of two other eco-communities. The Palenque Conference is where I also met Daniel Pinchbeck for the first time. At the time, he was beginning work on his book, Breaking Open the Head, which started him off on a psychedelic fast track that led to another book, Reality Sandwich, and much more. It was at that conference as well where I first met Daniel Siebert, the man who brought Salvia Divinorum into the mainstream of our community. And I should add that it was also at that conference where Daniel met the woman who became his wife. And as you already know, that is where I also met the woman who is now my wife. Before I went to Palenque for the first time, I was uh, just another techie geek whose only involvement with the psychedelic community was the occasional mushroom and LSD trip I took whenever I could find those magic medicines. Since then, I've started these podcasts from the salon and launched the Palenque Norte lectures at Burning Man. I can go on about some of the other people who attended that conference and all that they've done since then, but if you notice, I haven't even mentioned any of the speakers at that conference. And that's the point that many people who attend conferences like this make. While the speakers are the draw for a conference, the real magic in them comes from the interactions and inspiration of the attendees. So if you ever have the opportunity to attend one of these conferences, well, my recommendation is to stretch as far as you can to get there. It could become a major turning point in your life. Uh, at least that one was for me. Now, on my third day at the 1999 conference, I skipped the trip to the ruins and stayed back at the Chan Ka where I ate a big bag of mushrooms that I bought from a kid on the road to the ruins. And by the time my friend Minot, uh, the man who traveled to Palenque with me, came back from the ruins, well, I was coming down a bit, but I told him that I had just made a hard left turn. Six months later, I quit the best job I've ever had in my life and I moved out here to the coast. And today I really shudder to think what my life would be like had I never attended that conference. And my friend Minot, I should add, was the editor for my novel, The Genesis Generation, whose story coincidentally begins near the ruins at Palenque. <laughs> and by the way, I want to thank Mark, Rodney, Dave, Matt, Fourteener Fan, and Zach C. for their wonderful comments about my book that they posted on Amazon. To be honest, book sales have, uh, well, they've been somewhat disappointing in that I've only sold 40 copies so far. But I'm here to tell you that if I never sell another copy, the comments that have already been posted are more than enough reward for the work involved in writing and publishing it. So thank you one and all, both the reviewers and those who bought a copy. You have all brought a big smile to my face. Now, one last thing before I go, and it could be both important and fun for our fellow swanners who are into travel. As you may recall, my friend and our fellow slaughter, Ido Hardigerson, is the man behind DailyPsychedelicVideo.com. Uh, and the URL is just like it sounds, all one word, 
dailypsychedelicvideo.com. Well, that site is now five years old, and so Ido has decided to launch another site that will be of interest to our community. You'll find it at psychedelictraveler.com. Once again, all one word, psychedelictraveler.com. This is a website that's dedicated to people who like exploring magical and mind-expanding locations, uh, with or without the aid of psychedelic medicines. Through the recommendations of a community of psychedelic travelers from around the world, they've created a first-of-its-kind collection of recommended locations for psychedelic experiences and uh, psychedelic travelers. The goal is that one day in the future the site will include hundreds of entries and any psychonaut going to a new spot in the globe will be able to easily search recommendations for psychedelic locations in the area they're going to. And even if you don't have any travel plans in your future, I think you really owe it to yourself to visit this site. Although Ido tells me that the site is in the early stages of development, I was blown away by it. The uh, photography is excellent and the accompanying text is uh, very helpful. In fact, uh, even though I decided to quit traveling myself, after seeing some of the locations for tripping that are shown there, well, (laughs) I've now found uh, more than one place that may get me back on the road. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be careful out there, my friends.